We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and of course the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish, and I am joined, as always, by the forecasting Rohan Kadi. More of a verb than an adjective, but as we all know, I'm running out of them words. That is, Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. This is, it's a little weird now because we've been doing like these crossover pods with one in six for post games and even emergency podcasts. It's, this is, again, it's going to be, this is like a playoff thing where we're introducing the network and everything. But I will say it was very, very, very strange to listen to the game four post game pod that I was not on. Uh, yeah. It, it was just a strange experience, but it was good. You guys smashed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was strange to do it without you. It felt like going to summer camp without any of your grade school friends. And now I'm I'm back at home with the crew ready to continue, I, I guess, ready to keep doing the same general thing, which is making great Bucks content. But we have a, an interesting episode here. Basically, we just have a bunch of time to kill because the other teams in the East and around the NBA entirely are slackers taking way too long to finish out their series. I mean, all we heard before the first round was how great Miami was, and the Bucks still managed to take them out in four games with no real drama. So don't really know what the Nets, Sixers, I guess Hawks, although they're the five seed playing the four, and all those teams in the West are up to, but they're all still busy playing basketball games in the first round. I don't know why you'd want to do more than four, but I guess they opted for it. This is pretty rare, sort of rare, I guess, not pretty rare, for one team to just be chilling while everyone else isn't. Rohan, I know you have a stat that you were slightly underwhelmed by. Yeah, I was thinking, like, when's the last time that (laughs) there was uh, only one sweep in the first round? And in the last, like, six or seven years, it's happened two times. Once was the Miami Heat over the Charlotte Bobcats uh, in 2011, I believe. No, 14, 14, excuse me. And then it was the uh, New Orleans Pelicans over the Portland Trail Trailblazers with Drew Holiday when they absolutely put uh, Dame in hell prison. Uh, <laughs> but before then, it was actually quite common. There was a stretch from like 2008 or 7 to like 11 where it just happened every year. And I was like, this is really, really underwhelming. I wanted to come into this podcast with a great statistic about that. And there's a reason that no one's found one because it's not a great step. Yeah, and it's not, you know, this is one too where I feel like Buck's content creators would dig in and like 
Maybe if the last three teams to do it all won the championship, that would be I fun was to looking share. for that, no, and I just yeah, couldn't Pelicans, find anything. As soon as you hear New Orleans involved in there, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's not going to be. And I was like, oh, maybe Miami. Like, they no. didn't even win the title that year. <laughs> no, no. So, so yeah, not a fun step, but still good to good to take care of business, get extra prep time uh, and practice time. But with this extra time. We wanted to look around the the playoff landscape, kind of reevaluate. We did this before the postseason started. I think we're going to have drastically different conclusions now. But basically, we're going to walk along what the Bucks' path is going to be. So we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon before Nets-Celtics. The Nets do have a 3-1 lead. Although now that Lucky the Leprechaun has been stepped on, all bets are off. Maybe Paul Pierce suits up. Hard to say. So we're not going to go deep into. I think that's a. Is that a win for the Nets? Probably. Probably. Also, uh, quick question: Did you know that the Leprechaun's name was Lucky before yesterday? No, no. And you know what? I didn't know anyone cared. This has been so ridiculous to me that who cares? K- KG is like crying in the crib, and it's like, who has cared about the Leprechaun before? Kyrie you want to know what Kevin Garnett? I saw this on Twitter. He trash-talked Tim Duncan by saying happy Mother's Day mf to Tim Duncan, knowing that Tim Duncan's mother died right before one of his birthdays early on in childhood. So, Kevin Garnett, you have no say in this whatsoever. He also, he and Charlie Villanueva, there were some, oh my some words goodness. there. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, if all of a sudden a foot on a face is disrespectful, that's classic. You know, as you age, suddenly the young people are super It's classic super Celtics. Wild. Also, yes. Also it's yes. classic but, 08 Celtics mentality. Like, they think they're the greatest team of all time. If you dare step on Lucky the Leprechaun, you're going to be cursed for the next 5,000 years as a franchise. No, you guys got one title. One. Um... All this to say, uh, well, one. Well, always, I, just, always, I, had to, I had to get no, that out I know, there. I know, I know, I agree. Uh, we we had to cover that, but we're not going to dive super deep on Nets Celtics. We assume the Nets come out of it. We'll talk about it a bit, but of course, in the lead into the Bucks second round series, we will preview that individual matchup more in depth. But we're going to look at the second round, who they could play in the third round. So the four teams technically remaining on the other side of the Eastern Conference bracket, and then quickly at the end kind of take the temperature on how we're feeling about the West in general. I know before the playoffs, your prediction, Rohan, is that they get out of the East and lose in the finals. I'll be interested to hear if you have an update on that. That's a teaser. Um, I feel a different way about that now, too. But Brooklyn-Boston, the Nets are up 3-1. They are not taking Giannis' advice. They are playing with their food a little bit. I know, I think in game four, I believe they won like 136 to 120 or something like that. Like, the, their MO is obvious. They're just going to try and outshot make whoever they're playing. They don't care about defense. It should not be this hard to defend a Celtics team that has pretty much one capable offensive player at any given time. The Nets are making it look incredibly difficult. How do you feel about this series? And... Like I guess the the Bucks road and in the second round, depending on who wins, or does it? Do we even need to say that anymore? I I will say never say never. Okay, I'll keep that. I'll keep that uh, that bit going for a bit longer here as it clings to dear life, but it's still alive. Uh, you never know. It could be the could be the Celtics coming back from three uh, one. Who knows? Lucky but, shooting up game five yeah. at point. <laughs> Well, it might be better than what they're getting right now. Um, <laughs> uh, from this series, I what I'm taking away is that Brooklyn, like you said, is not taking this very seriously whatsoever. And I thought Kevin Pelton made a great point on the latest Low Post podcast where he said this felt very Cavs-esque, where they had to make zero adjustments or put in any effort in the Eastern Conference throughout the entire Eastern Conference. <laughs> Those Cavs teams built different, my goodness. Yeah. And then when they got to the finals against the Warriors, it's like, oh, we actually have to do things now and we're not prepared for this. That feels like what this uh, Brooklyn team is doing against Boston right now. Like you said, they won game four, 141 to 126. 126 points is just 
an insane amount of points to give up to this team. Like you've mentioned, they have one capable offensive player in Jason Tatum. They did not have Kemba Walker. They did not have Robert Williams. They were missing, obviously, like Jalen Brown is out. And you still give up 126 points because they're not really caring on defense. And they they looked a little more locked in in the second half of Game 4 compared to Game 3, which they lost because they did not lock in on defense and gave up 125 points in that outing. They just managed to outscore them again in game four. That's like, okay, I guess we have to try on offense and actually win this game. And they did. But what I'm taking away is that this team looks very, very unserious right now. And maybe it's, maybe it's dessert because again, they are up 3-1 and it's not a great Boston team, but still it's going to matter going into the second round. Yeah. I just think, you know, I'm starting to almost see the light on, and obviously this is revisionist history by me now, but like the whole, maybe you want the Bucks to see Brooklyn as early as possible instead of dodging them until the conference finals. I don't know if it matters. Honestly, like I think if the Nets had to play Philly in the second round or, and then they beat them in the Bucks in the third, I don't know if they're changing the way they play at all. I just... I don't know if this is a team that's going to come together and and change the way they operate no matter what happens or if they're just going to be like basically the same no matter what. Like, hey, we're going to score more than you. We're As a team, we're going to shoot 60-60-90 or 100 or whatever. Harden's going to have 54 assists. Kyrie and KD are going to score 100 combined. Like, I, I don't know if it really matters when you see them. I still think I side with get them as late as possible and hope they like more chances to have bad shooting variants to get knocked off before you play them basically. But I do think it will be nice. Like I don't think it's bad that they're not going to sweep a clearly inferior team. And I mean, we talk so much rubbish about the Celtics when they were healthy this season and how bad and underachieving they were. They have no one left and they're putting up nearly one thirty a game against Brooklyn. Like, they're still they still drop the game to this Celtics team, and then they go from this very unserious. Also, I don't know. I won't say the Nets are unserious right now, just because of the guys they have. I will say they're playing in an unserious series. Like this is, is that stupid. not the same thing. No, because the net like the overall like the the uh, the caliber of opponent is what makes it unserious. Fair, fair. Like they should and, they should yeah. they should sweep the way they're playing on offense. Like they should sweep unless they have a five for thirty one game from three. Which the Bucks did, and they swept and they any, and they swept anyway because they can play Take on the other Rick end Carlisle. too. They can play on the other end too. I don't <laughs> Five for um, thirty-one. That's what Rick Carlisle pointed to for the uh, Mavs loss in Game Three. Oh, is it really? Yeah, should have found a way, Rick. The Bucks did it, um, but I, I don't think it's a bad sign. I still am worried about the Nets. Like I still oh, yeah. think that that should not be discounted at all. Like we're we're saying like what's gonna even like the playing field a bit more, you know, because this team is still clearly the best roster in the in NBA. Well, best top of a roster. Yes. Yes. Most top end talent. Yes. That. Definitely that. Definitely that. So I still think there's a chance you can play nearly a perfect series and still lose, which is tough. But um and obviously, <laughs> if Boston runs off three straight wins, Bucks in four. Like, oh yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> the Bucks will figure out how to defend Tatum if nobody else on the on the Celtics roster is alive, except for like Jason Tatum, notoriously bad against the Milwaukee Bucks because he cannot really hit floaters consistently. He turned uh, it around can, in one of the games, but yeah, overall he's not been great. Yeah, in a game Milwaukee. where he banked in a game-winning three. Yes. Correct. Um, uh, but yeah, the I want to get this comparison out of here before we move on. Uh, a clearly uh, overmatched uh, team taking a game against a, in, a superior opponent. That remind you of anyone in the first round last year? Orlando? Yes. So the Celtics are now Orlando? And the Nets and are? And the Nets are unserious. Oh wow, that's you're doing that's 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 a lot of work with one comp. I love that. I I have my good days. That's true. That's true. And that I mean it took a bubble for Orlando to win a game. They were basically at home. The Bucks you know, it's yeah, I like the comp. I like the comp. Um but this side of the bracket, again, this is one we will dive in on much deeper once the Nets presumably can finally take care of business here. Potentially. And, 
we'll just say when the series ends. Once one of these teams can get a W, and I will say if the Nets win tonight as we're recording tonight or yesterday or last night, as you hear this, the Bucks series I believe will start on Saturday for sure. But if the Celtics win this game, then we get pushed back more. So we'll see how long this vacation is. We're going to have to squeeze in another binge the Bucks somewhere in the middle if this thing keeps uh, getting extended. That's a joke. We're not going to do that. Um, do you have a – you, you look like you had a one-liner or something. Nah, I thought about it, but I was like, no. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the other side of the bracket. Uh, it's a little interesting over here. Honestly, not exactly what I expected. Well, I think one series is. So let's start with that one. Philly, Washington. The Sixers are up 3-1. to one. The narrative around the Sixers, the most important one as far as I'm concerned, remains the same in this series. When Embiid is on the court, they're quite good. When he's off the court, they are like literally not even worthy of being a playoff team. And that's really, I think, all that matters here. And we just got a Woj bomb during recording. Joel Embiid will be doubtful for Game 5. Sources tell ESPN he had an MRI on his right knee today and is expected to be evaluated further in the coming days. So this is their entire playoffs. If he – and I think they can still beat Washington. They, they need to do it one in three tries. Rohan I mean, Yudri yeah, here is almost dead. Bertans is going to be out. Now that might help the Wizards screen. the way he's played in some of these games. But they are running out of players. Um, but – uh, Gafford looks a lot better when Embiid is off the floor because Embiid bullies him, but he's really good against the other Sixers lineups. But I think no matter what, I think Philly will fraud their way to winning this series, even without Embiid. Tobias Harris Maybe. will drop Maybe. 75. Tobias Harris might drop 75 on this Washington defense. This Washington team, for all the talk about how dangerous they were, they look terrible. Terrible. Yeah, they're not putting up a performance worthy of the praise I've given them. Uh, no. Mainly, that was just fueled by Sixers vitriol. Yeah, but of course. Nonetheless, I always believed in the Washington Wizards. Uh, I will say, our old friend Robin Lopez continues to hook shot teams to death. Of course. And it was on full display in Game Four. My goodness, can he get that shot up over anyone, and it'll go down? <laughs> I saw a tweet that like he showed a young lad how to shoot the hook shot. That lad's name Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> Um, that is what Robin Lopez does. But I, I think that series is just – I think all the 3-1 series, at least on this side of the bracket, are probably just about cooked. We'll talk about the other one in a minute. But my main Philly takeaway is, like, even if Embiid is is not, you know, out-out for, for the playoffs, which you'd certainly hope not, but knowing his history – We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the Sixers history, I'm not going to say you know anything is out of the question here, but I think they beat Washington. I think even if he's limited, they're going to have a lot of trouble in the second round. And this is a team where we expected them to not be a huge roadblock to whoever comes out of this other side of the bracket. Like I think what I'm seeing from from the 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 one and eight and four and five games. I, I'm more convinced than ever the Bucks at least are going to the finals if they beat Brooklyn. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. 
from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, like uh, if it is, in fact, Nets Bucks in the second round, we'll touch on this a little later, but it might end up being the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah, also very true. Um, do you have any other Sixers thoughts? I thought you made a great point on the uh, post-game four pod when talking about Brook Lopez and sort of why they didn't save, uh, why they didn't sort of post him up and tell him to mash during the regular season that much. And it's because you don't want him to break down as much. And you made a comp to uh, Joel Embiid and why he's so great this season and he's survived so long this season because his jumpers went falling. I thought that was a fantastic point. If they're going to be without like an Embiid or like a less than 100% Joel Embiid and he's not able to really bang down low, that's the Sixers season over. Yeah, they just they won't have any offense. That's their issue. Their offense with him limited becomes limited him and Tobias and like that's that's about it. Because if you're if you're relying not just like Joel Embiid, why he was having such a great season before he got injured is because he has always had you know that back to the basket mentality, that post mentality. He will just mash dudes down low, and he's elite at it. What made him extra special this year is that his jumper was falling. If he is relying on that jumper now, yeah, then hard. the the opposing team has already won. Especially especially if they end up playing the Bucks. I mean, imagine how comfortable. Brooke and Giannis are going to be if Embiid is just shooting jumpers and like Giannis is on Simmons like they're just going to be standing there at the free throw line with their hands up making Embiid like try to shoot over them the whole game like they're going to do what they did the band exactly it won't be sustainable offense like I think Joel probably gets hot one game but I just think it's really hard to mid-range shoot your way to a win across an entire game I think you know people the mid-range is dead thing is stupid like the Kawhi Leonard's of the world can totally win you a game with the mid-range, but I think you, you know, mean the Chris Middleton's of the world. Also that, but it's like you know, get him shooting a lot of threes and get into the basket game wide, and then take that mid-range because it's like the only shot you can usually get in a late-game situation, like the best percentage shot you can get if you just need one point uh, or two points, I guess. So yeah, I, I think things are looking really bad for Philly. I have not think I've not thought they've looked especially impressive this series either. I mean, even outside of losing Game Four without uh, Embiid for most of it, and again, like Simmons question marks are just like striking in the postseason. No matter what Doc Rivers says, he says a lot. Uh, he's just not he's not been good enough in the playoffs ever, and that certainly continued in Game Four. But like even Game One. I thought they'd really tried their best to choke that game, despite Tobias Harris just being incredible. And it took, like, Russell Westbrook ignoring Brad Beal's existence and turning the ball over and missing shots for, like, three straight minutes for Philly to win. Like, that very much should have been a Wizards win, in my opinion. If, if Beal gets the It should be ball, an even series. It very well could be an even series. So it would not surprise me if, uh, if Washington could pull out a win – uh, Wednesday, all my days are messed up now. Wednesday, uh, in Philly, I think this goes seven. I still think Philly wins no matter what, but this, uh, I don't think Philly has acquitted themselves super well as a, as a championship caliber team. And that feeds perfectly into what we want to talk about next, and that is the Knicks Hawks series, where the Hawks currently lead 3 1 and will face the winner of that Philadelphia Washington series. After, after game one, I kind of had a feeling that this series was over. Yeah. Like Trey Young, it was a close game, and he absolutely silenced the guard in classic playoff villain fashion, which was just absolutely incredible. Incredible. I'm not like a massive Trey Young fan or anything, but I'm getting that there. Was, I'm getting that, there yeah, now. I might be getting there now. It's just that was incredible to see. And now they do lose game two in New York, but then they win both games in Atlanta by a comfortable margin. And they're up 3-1, and they have a chance to close out the series at MSG on Wednesday. I do not think this series is as over as people want it to Hmm. be, Hmm. considering that the Knicks still do have some options in there, including like trying to necessarily hunt Trey Young on defense, which they haven't really. Do they have a magic wand that will turn Julius Randle back from pumpkin into power forward? 
I mean, that, that would, would be, be incredible. That, yeah, that would, would be, be really incredible useful for them. But like, let's assume that maybe not even just like to all-star level, let's go to passable level, which I think is fair to expect. You're not going to have a guy like as talented as Julius Randle just remember, completely stink it up. I remember people said this about some Heat players who made the all-star team this year before as well, and uh, it didn't uh, really happen. Hey, you know what? Know. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. But I will say the Knicks, outside of Julius Randle becoming himself again, which may or may not happen, they do have some adjustments to make in terms of like, do you want to play Alec Burks instead of Reggie Bullock so you can hunt Trey Young on defense. Because when you try to put uh, Trey Young into, like, pick and rolls and he's guarding Reggie Bullock, like, Reggie Bullock's not going to kill you off the dribble or anything like that in particular. And if you put Alec Burks in there, who's been their primary bench scorer, bench offensive creation now that uh, Derrick Rose is in the starting lineup, you sort of can get more of that. And you get the ability to hunt Trey Young on defense, which it might not matter. It genuinely might not matter because the Hawks are just so potent offensively. But well, that's one up a thing. Three one lead. I I think Tibbs is like taking the awful playoff coach mantle back from Bud at this point. Like there's been so. I mean, you mentioned not going after Trey. Not. I mean, you got to figure out something with Randall here. Do you want to? You want to hear Randall's best shooting night by percentage in this series? Oh boy, his <laughs> best dude. one, seven for nineteen. Game four, he shot thirty six point eight percent. That was the best he shot in this series. They also put up twenty three points, which was by far his best. Games one through three, fifteen, fifteen, fourteen. People had him all NBA first team over Giannis at one point. That can't be true. Matt Moore put it out. He deleted it. Buck's Twitter found it really fast. Um, yeah. I think he was deserving of, like, third team. He deserves some fitting accolades, but I best Nick since Ewing, all this stuff. Like, Okay, you we're, we can't turn into those people, Ty. It is a regular season award. Well, I'm, all, the, all that stuff was stupid, too. He was good in the regular season. Let's not get carried away on Yeah, third um, exactly. team. Third team. Probably. Sure. I think if he is a... I don't know. Atlanta Hawk. He's everyone's honorable mention. I'll say that. I'll say that. Hey, it helps to play in the garden where every media personality is like all the people who don't really tweet about basketball, but they're in sports media. This was their one NBA tweet this year, and they tweeted it 50,000 times. NBA is better when the Knicks are good, baby. No, it's not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Is it better when they lose in five in the first round? Is it really? Does it? Okay, congrats. It's so much better. I don't care about it at all. I'm sick of hearing about the Knicks. But I like their team. I like Randall. I'm no ragged on the guy. It's not really his fault. But I think this is cooked. I, I feel like he's not up for this extra scrutiny that, that the playoffs bring. Uh, maybe next year he'll bring it better after kind of this adjustment period. But I just think the Knicks, and this was my thing, I think, when we were looking at potential opponents for the Bucks in the first round, they just don't have that talented of a roster. I mean, Alec Burks, I think, has been awesome. But – He's their third best player, and then it's like D Rose, who now people are like D Rose again. I'm pretty really uncomfortable with that. I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 very. Taj uh, Gibson next. is a very important player for them. I just can't. They they want. Uh, um, I'm over Tibbs. <laughs> I'm over. I I don't know if I said this on pod or somewhere else, but I like in fifty or like twenty years, I'll say if Tibbs is still coaching somewhere, like. The ghosts of Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson's legs will somehow just be playing for them. These and they'll stats, somehow I'm, make it work. I'm looking at stats here, this is, they have, the Knicks have three starters shooting less than 40% from the field. Do they really? Yes. Is it Randall? Randall, uh, Barrett, and Bullock. And they're all oh, shooting 33% or worse from three. Yeah, the Hawks are going to win this series. They they just they don't have it. They're overmatched. The, Derrick Rose has been really good. I mean, it's I, I say it's disturbing that he's that he's become liked again for off court reasons. He's been really good for them, but that's that's an issue. If like Derrick Rose is scoring twenty three points a damn game and you're still down three one, like that should be found money, not your best player. Yeah, for sure. So I think we can agree that. Atlanta is going to win this series, and it'll probably probably be Atlanta and Philadelphia in the second round. Now, given that we just have this news that uh, Embiid's injury is significant enough for him to 
most likely not play in game five. What do you think that means for Philly in the second round? Hawks in six. I'm putting it out there. Hawks in six. Hawks in six. Assuming Embiid is like banged up uh, at least a little bit and, and a little bit below his normal, his normal par. I just think, you know, Philly has all these great defenders to contend with all the Hawks' great offensive players, but if they play them all, they simply have no scoring really left. And I, I really like this Atlanta team. I think Trey Young is the kind of player who can beat individual defenses through his shot making and his creation. I think Simmons has gotten in foul trouble a couple times, including game four. And I think there's a guy who's going to get also some... Ben Simmons on the court. Yeah. That um, he can't that shoot free throws either. Um, but if there's a guy who's going to get Simmons and Embiid in foul trouble, it's Trey Young who's going to, you know, flop his little heart out and, the, the NBA should change I, and the rules. Even, even though he has not been drawing that many fouls in this series against the Knicks. So there is potential for regression there. Yeah. Um, I, I just – I think the the Hawks are an issue. I think Philly is not going to be ready with this new injury shakeup. And just, again, with kind of having some difficulty with the Wizards, which is a red flag to me, I think – the Hawks can take advantage of all the, the opportunities the Wizards had. And didn't can you imagine a Trey Young, Clint Capella pick and roll against Dwight Howard? They're going to put him in a blender. Like, Clint Capella's been really good, too, and I think... No, yeah, he's, he's been like, incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Atlanta's chances. Especially even if Embiid is playing but is a little hampered. Like, Clint Capella's been an incredible, incredible defender this entire season. And I think he's having one of the most underrated seasons that I hate doing that. Everyone's underrated, obviously. Yeah, but it's true with him, I think. It, I think it is true with Clint Capella because he's been actually incredible this season also defensively. incredible at trash talking. He's giving the Knicks really? the business in his post games right now. I don't know if you've seen Wait, the clip. Wait, is he really? Oh, yeah. What did he he said he's going to send him on vacation, Rohan. Oh, my goodness, Clint. He said they can act tough and shove and talk bleep, but we can act tough, tough and shove and talk bleep too, and we can also win the games while we're doing it. We're going to send them on vacation. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. And he might like, be my new favorite player. He's, he's so low-key while he's saying it. Like, he's not smiling. He's just like, like this is how it is. Click Capella, man. He's out here. Um, that, is, that is incredible. I don't know oh if I goodness. entirely believe my take, but I could see it happening. Is really. I think it could definitely happen. Like, especially because one thing Philly has struggled with in terms of their defensive matchups is small guards yeah and trey young is the epitome the of a guards. small guard <laughs> who likes to score and get involved in actions like the sixers are built to match up against big teams and there's not they're they're really built to face no one now if you look around the league yeah i like, mean i think like, i think they think they're built to play the bucks that's what they thought last year yeah they always think that but I don't know. And then they got swept in the first round. I, I I actually hope the Sixers make the conference finals. I think that's such a good matchup for the Bucks, and I would love to, to for the Bucks to just trounce them. But them never making an Eastern Conference Finals in all this time would be truly hilarious. So I could go be, either way. It would be incredible because then you can at least say, let's say the Bucks lose in the second round to the Nets. Then and uh and the Nets like go on and win the title. Yeah. Then you then you can say like oh and beads made the same amount of conference finals as Giannis, so I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Oh, if the Sixers beat the Hawks, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, true. Yeah, if that's, because already if that's what they want to hang their hats on. That's fine. I know, but I'm just saying for no, the sake of I, yeah. our argument's sake. I would not like to see the Sixers succeed. Would uh, you rather? Oh, that was blunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could mirror that for any of the, the rivalry teams, and it's very true. Would you rather the Bucks play the Sixers or Hawks, all things considered? All things considered, probably the Hawks, because the Sixers are the more talented team. Like, we can talk all we want. Uh, they are, on paper, the most talented team, and I think – even though the Hawks have had some success against Milwaukee in terms of locating shooters and all of this stuff, and like Trey Young and he who should not be named picking them apart, they've clearly showed that they can uh, through that Miami series that they can adjust to that when it needs to it needs to take place and they will. It, it helps so. when the main initiator on the other team is refusing to shoot. I I actually think yeah, but also like what what is Trey Young going to do against Drew Holiday? I mean, I don't. He's gonna 
probably create a lot of looks and still score a lot is of he? points somehow. I think so. I, I think he's he's probably that level of guy who's just not going to get shut down. Okay, maybe so he does. Maybe, our sample maybe, is maybe our sample is against Derrick Rose and Alfred Payton. Well, I I, I understand. I understand. I that's a good point. Um, I I just the amount of dangerous offensive players Atlanta has just I I just think that they can put more offensive pressure on the Bucks defense than Miami could at any point throughout the series. Like I do think Fair. it's a different level, but if the Bucks beat the Nets. That's another. That's in the level even above. So if they beat yeah. the Nets, I'm sure they could handle it. So yeah, I, if I think they beat the Nets, right. they're winning the title. Yeah. I, well, I and guess that flows okay. perfectly yep. into our uh, last part of this episode where we're talking about the Western Conference, which is just an absolute bloodbath right now. It's a mess. Not, I wouldn't even actually. I wouldn't I say it's a, a bloodbath. I'd say it's, yeah, tire fire right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bloodbath implies that everyone's trying to fight each other tooth and nail and not just survive, uh, yeah. which is which is what the West is looking like right now. I mean, there's only one three one series; the rest is two two. Utah currently leads Memphis three to one, and even that's closer than the three one indicates. Uh, that game four was intense, man. Donovan Mitchell really uh, really replicated a bubble performance, which we don't see very often in this here league. No, no, we do not. Get well soon, Jamal Murray. Um, so we can get that at least in the east. It doesn't really. Uh, Jay Crowder's like out west too, and he's uh, he's looking like a pumpkin right now. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, these are two or four very very interesting series. I think Utah probably beats Memphis. Yeah, I, like, I think, think that's safe to say. Memphis had point. a nice moment. They really needed to win Game Four to have a chance. I just think like Utah is. Still a little questionable, in my opinion. We'll we'll get very, to the, very questionable. We'll get to the overall. I think uh, when I, after we go through series by uh, maybe we'll just go earlier. I wanted to throw it to you, like who do you actually think is getting out of the West? But I just I don't think Memphis has enough. I mean, like they this whole run for them has really been like running on empty, in my opinion. It's like Ja and Dylan Brooks, who's suddenly a superhero, and like Valanciunas. It's just like it's a great story. They're good, very good players. I just think with with Jaron Jackson Jr. not really up to his, par, his standard yet, I just don't think they have the horses to finish out, to win three in a row against Utah, certainly. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that could really hamper Utah in this series is, like, Donovan Mitchell just finally getting fed up with uh, Rudy Gobert and just, like, punching him, like, <laughs> during practice or something, leading, like, both players getting suspended by the team. Like, that's, that's the only <laughs> way I think this series ends. Super common yeah. scenario there. <laughs> I mean, like, we've seen it happen, not in the playoffs, but, like, uh, Bobby Portis and uh, Miracle. Well, one player got suspended and one player, like, got hospitalized. It's a little different, but, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, same same situation could apply here. I mean, it's true. Um, I, don't think we're that, uh, I don't think we're that close to it. Um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, they do, man, they don't like each other uh, yeah, at all. No, they don't. It's very funny to see Donovan Mitchell. You'll look good in the Milwaukee Bucks uniform. Um, Chris Middleton started that recruiting early. I'll say that. I like that. The most interesting series probably by far in here is Clippers-Mavs. I was going to say Phoenix-LA. Okay. I'd say those two are probably the top two. I think just because Phoenix has a window here that – not many teams get to knock off a LeBron team at any point, but especially in the first round. And that no one has done before, by the way. Uh, it's been a long time, but it's been done, I believe. Not uh, LeBron no, never LeBron's lost never, in the first round. LeBron has never lost in the first oh round. Goodness. He's fourteen to zero. Oh, that's wild! Wild stat, great pull. Um, but with AD, I think confirmed out for Game Five. I, uh, I think it's not doubtful? confirmed. Still it's doubtful. not confirmed. They gotta be careful with AD. Is one thing I've been thinking about a lot. I feel like AD has come back very quickly from some lower body stuff, like all year after the bubble run and and less rest and everything else. Just be careful with the big fella, Lakers. It's all I'm saying. But uh, obviously, you only get so many LeBron years. At some point, you assume that maybe he's already slowed down. I think I saw some data like his shots at the rim are way down by volume. That's something I think, but. Phoenix has a shot here. The AD limited her out. I think there's just not enough talent on the Lakers team. I think I think LeBron can probably will you to one win by himself without AD 
with that talent just because he's LeBron. I'm not sure if he can do two on his own anymore. I think the Suns have an opportunity, and I just think I just think there's such a new, le- like, refreshing level of excitement if the Suns win the series because you know it's not LeBron and his superstar buddies running their conference again, which outside it's of the changing first, of the guard, it, outside of his first LA year, like the last God since he. Since the year before he went to the Heat, he's won the conference with a superstar. Or he didn't have a superstar the last Cleveland year, but LeBron himself has gone to the, the finals every the, year. Goskis disrespect will not be. <laughs> Sorry, Big Z, but it's true though, right? Like the better part yeah. of a decade and a half, it's been LeBron winning his conference every year. So obviously there'd be some extenuating circumstances with injury, but Chris Paul has been dealing it's, with stuff too. Yeah. And if it's always LeBron, a, it's always LeBron. a fact. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's always a factor, regardless of which team it is, regardless of who it is. It, injuries are always a factor. Like we, we, we can see even this potential Brooklyn Milwaukee series, like Jeff Green, Dante, everyone, everyone's missing time. Atlanta's yeah. dealt with so many injuries. New York is missing Mitchell Robinson. Like Philly and Washington are dealing with so many injuries. Uh, freaking Luca's playing with nerve damage. Like that's it's crazy. I, yeah. It's wild to me that he's actually playing and producing because that sounds absolutely horrendous. Uh, like his whole arm was feeling it through. That's yeah. That's, it's it's a neck strain that leads to arm pain, which is bad. That yeah, is it doesn't very, seem good. Very bad. It doesn't seem good. Um, I do hope he can get through a playoff run healthy at some point. So I feel like he had nagging stuff in the bubble too. Um, but yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll get there. I guess actually. My you know, before, feeling, before we move okay. on here, like yeah. I think that is if Phoenix does win this series, I think it's a I said this, it's a changing of the guard moment. Yeah. Because we're seeing so many young stars like flourish in this year's playoffs. Like Trey Young is becoming a villain and it's incredible. Like you see Luca just absolutely torching a super team. You like the, these Mitchell, things happen. Aiton, yeah, Booker, exactly. Like Broward, Booker, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Incredible like you said, John. DeAndre Aiden's coming into his own. Yeah, John Morant's having a moment. It's just great kind of, and of course, like Giannis is still like twenty six. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he's so, been around for so long; people are already sick of him. Yeah, but he's he's still very young as well. Like this has this playoffs is an opportunity for the league to change for the better. And this isn't LeBron disrespect. Don't get me wrong; I like I respect LeBron to the utmost degree in terms of his playoff success and all that. Like this is not LeBron slander or anything. Don't get it twisted. But it'll be nice if Phoenix wins this series, which I do think they can. You need a post-LeBron strategy if you're the league because for so long it's literally been like, who is LeBron? LeBron's either the villain favorite or playing against the villain favorite. And that's like been what what the story's been of the league for most of the last decade and a half. So it will be good if if Phoenix wins to uh, get some new characters onto the screen a little bit. Who do you think is winning that series? Phoenix. If there's no AD, it's Phoenix. I don't know. Phoenix in seven. I'll say that. It's a game seven at home. I like. I like that. I like that. So right now, I know the Lakers. I think have good odds to win the series. Or no, the Lakers have bad odds to win the series, but good odds to win the West. And I think the thought there from the odds makers, aside from just you know taking advantage of Lakers betters is if they beat Phoenix, they'd have time to get healthy, and then they'd be ready. Because I think the one the one silver lining for the Lakers is they get the winner of Denver-Portland and not another one of the good teams who's going to win on the other side just because – and I don't want to disrespect these teams, but Denver without Murray is pro- – I mean, they're tied, so it makes sense. It's on that Portland tier of, like, a good team who you never really expect to win the conference. And I, I do think – even with if AD is banged up for like one or two games in the, the second round, I think the Lakers still probably win if they if they beat Phoenix. So, do you think do you think the winner of Lakers Phoenix is going to the conference finals? I think so. I think so. It's like Denver and Portland, like you said, they're they're good, not great. If Denver starts no players Jam- left. Yeah, the if they had Jamal Murray, I'd probably pick them to win the West, uh, but they don't, <laughs> unfortunately. So it makes this a lot easier for Phoenix in this regard, because I, like I said, I do think Phoenix pulls out this series and gives them a great shot to get to the conference finals, gives Chris Paul some more time to recover because even though he's going to 
let's say Denver wins the series. He's not going to have to go up against an elite point guard in terms of he doesn't have to go all out on defense. Now, however, if if Portland wins the series, then he will have to. He'll have to go after uh, Damian Lillard, obviously. So that's a little worse for them, but just giving Chris Paul time. I think even if Chris Paul is injured in this in the second round, I think they have an easier matchup than this Lakers team. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so and if whoever Phoenix wins this series, I think they make the conference finals. Whoever they play out of Denver, Portland, it's such an opportunity for Booker because. Neither of those teams is going to be able to defend him at all. I mean, I don't even know if Austin Rivers would be the guy if Denver, like, they don't, I guess they might probably use Aaron Gordon. They've used him on Dame. So I guess that could be tricky yeah. for him. Uh, but Portland is allergic to defense, always has been. So yeah, I agree with that. I actually think to shift to the other side of the bracket, I think the Clippers are having kind of a moment. And I feel like if they finish this rally, that is the, the kind of what? I think they make the finals. I I think that them coming back from down 0-2 and when they are they got to win the series to eleven in the first quarter of game three. Yeah, that's what it was. Well, and now I mean, it's a tie series. This this Mavs team is really bad outside of Luka, man. Like really bad. Like their shooting numbers were out of this world through the first two games, and they're coming back to earth. That man Porzingis is a fraud. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been their second-best player. They die when Dorian Finney-Smith isn't on the court. Do you know how thin your team has to be for Dorian Finney-Smith to be that important? That Luke is going to have some issues with Dallas management if they don't get a better roster by next year. But I think the Clippers are in a really good spot to win that series. And I do think the playoffs are just like such a small sample size theater that just the, like the, the encouragement and the confidence – from coming back 0-2, losing both in your home court, coming back to win the series probably in, in dominant fashion, that might spark a run that gets you to the finals or better. Like I do think there's a very good chance that the Clippers go. I'm fascinated by how they match up with basically every other team in the conference. Like They are the most forward-heavy team and light on the, all the other positions by far, but it's just going to be so interesting like to watch them play the Jazz. Like I, I could see that series going... I think the Jazz would have a chance in that series. I think the Clippers would win. I think the Jazz would have a chance. And whoever they play out of Denver, Portland, Phoenix, LA, ah, it's going to be weird to watch just how these teams match up. But Kawhi it feels right like now. Each side of this bracket in the West has completely different styles. Of yeah. Play. It's very yeah. fascinating. Like each bracket plays in a different style. It's, it's fascinating to me. But the West is super interesting right now. That said, I still think an LA team probably wins it. But. And I feel like we're gonna we're gonna sound stupid like one week from now probably, but I do think the Clippers are having a little moment right now, and it's the kind of thing you can ride to silence some doubters. Uh, that Kawhi looks Lakers, all the way back. Grizzlies, by the Grizzlies uh, conference finals, we're gonna look like complete idiots. <laughs> I'm ready uh, for it. Uh, it would uh, it would almost be worth it, but it wouldn't because it means LeBron would be uh, in the finals. So. Oh, what do you if if Memphis comes back from down three one and then beats the Clippers slash Mavs to get to the conference finals? I'll take them over anyone, man. That's that's fair. That is that that's, that's a fair take. Who do you think out of the options we expect to actually go? So let's rule out Denver, Portland, and Memphis for now. We'll leave in all the other teams for now. Who do you think would be best and worst for the Bucks to see? Obviously. They got absolutely skewered by Utah and Phoenix in the regular season. Do you buy into that, or would you still rather get one of those teams than, like, one of the L.A. teams? I think Phoenix. I Well, let me say this. I do not uh, respect the Jazz whatsoever. Uh, no. So that's that's I'm done with that. Uh, Phoenix would be... <laughs> Phoenix would be a challenge, I think. They play against the Bucks. They match up against the Bucks really, really well, especially considering Dante's injury and that he's not going to be in the playoffs uh, like for this entire run. Like yeah. The Suns run off of their elite guards, and the Bucks have now one elite guard, and they don't have a serviceable defender in that position uh, at the other guard spot right now. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll yeah, see Chris how it plays and PJ out. are going to be going to be the guys, but they're not true guards. I'll give you that. But yeah, but we we all saw how that ended last time. Uh, foul call, you know. But 
wasn't wasn't the greatest look for the Milwaukee Bucks in that regard. So I will say Phoenix does scare me. Though. Uh, Booker didn't get the shot off. I will say. Fair, fair enough. Uh, so that's a bit of a toss up, which is bad. I'll say yeah. that's not a clear Bucks advantage in that situation. I think if it's against the Lakers, aside, like just pure basketball, I don't want to take narrative or anything into this. I'm not a I'm a basketball uh, based uh, analyst, not a narrative based voter or anything like that. Rohan uh, just lost his invite from the jump. Ah, darn it! <laughs> I was really looking forward to being on the jump. Uh, yeah, I, I the Lakers don't scare me. Like. Uh, what are they gonna see, do? Go, what are they gonna do? Go big against the Bucks? Here's the thing about the Lakers. They have LeBron, and like, I just I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to play. If the Bucks not get through Kyrie, KD, and Harden, the Lakers do not scare me. It's different. Out. It's different to me. I don't know. He was down three-one against the team that won seventy-three games in the regular season. Cool. That was five years ago. I know he's old. I know. I know it's silly. I get it. If with Phoenix a completely wins, different roster, if, with an elite guard at his side, which he doesn't have right now. Wow, Dennis Schroeder, disrespect. If Phoenix yes, wins the sure. series, I, Dennis Schroeder's not an elite guard. Sorry. <laughs> I feel better about the West if Phoenix wins the series, even if they're the better team. And I know it's stupid. I don't want to bet against the freaking guy. I don't want to. Okay, that's fair. I I do respect that. That fear factor is real and it is justified. Like it is justified. I will give you that. That is completely fair. How you're not buying? Uh, it. I mean, that's fine. Like, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, you're more you're more rational than I am. I think that's that's I'm okay. Uh, that's admitting a, that's that. a take. Uh, <laughs> like as currently constructed, the Lakers are just LeBron. They're not going to have Anthony Davis right now. And even if they do, if they, it, if they make there. the finals, I'm, he's there. Sure, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. I mean, LeBron has some people. He takes like a week off and comes back totally different. Like maybe he's going to put AD in touch with those people, fight on the I South Beach, that, take the first week of the second round off. You never know, man. If if someone if AD misses the first week of the second round and there's flight tracks to Miami. Like just you know. just call Adam Silver. We know the vibes. Adam Silver is the one who's probably booking the flights for him. You know man. what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Silver might fly Miami people out to him. You know what? <laughs> I think you're right in that regard. Yeah. But I will say, if it is a hampered Lakers team, it doesn't scare me. It really doesn't. It like, shouldn't scare their me. Their whole either. their whole thing is going big. Realistic, like they in the well, bubble, they just swallowed teams. I don't think it's. I think they're actually better now when AD is at the five and LeBron is at the four. Ultimately, I just think they don't want to do it because AD is afraid of the five. And no, and he's going to get banged up. And he's good if he's already banged up. They're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, you might be talking me into it, Phoenix. It, I don't know. If AD is banged up and they can't go to their best lineup, that is a win. Like, that is a Milwaukee Bucks win in the series. Yeah, I think you're right. You, so you're markedly more afraid of Phoenix than Utah? Yes. Really? Yes. Again, I, like I, I, said, I, said, I said all I needed to say about Utah. I don't, I'm not even out on Utah yet. I am. That, they have I was a lot never of offensive players now. I was never now. in on Utah. They have a sure. lot of offensive players now. Sure. Let's Conley, see what happens in the next round. Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Ingles. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I'm equally in on Utah and Phoenix, I think. I'm very in on Phoenix. I'm not in on Utah. I think I'm equal. I think Booker's look, better look, than Mitchell. Look at think, what happens to the Utah defense when Giannis enters the chat. I mean, not we enough have, for them, not enough for the Bucks to win a game there. The other thing about this is Utah would have home court in the finals, and it, the Bucks have a really hard time winning in Utah. Phoenix would also have home court, but... Okay. I'm I'm fully like this is how you know that this first round has completely changed me as someone who covers them a lot. Yeah, you're you're unafraid that, now. No, it's not even unafraid. It's that re- recognizing how different the playoffs are. Yeah, uh, for sure. But Utah is the only one in the West who could manage a 3-1 lead, so Yeah, they're still they still lost a game to the Grizzlies. Sure. The the Clippers lost two games and the Mavs team is Luka and 
role players. See, the thing is, Luca is good enough to do that. I'm sorry, Ja Morant. Ja Morant isn't at that level yet. I think Luca that, that, isn't. Luca is a top, top tier player, especially in the playoffs. Like we've seen sure. that last year, we're seeing it now. Ja Morant is not that. And don't get me wrong, Ja Morant, really good, big Grizzlies fan. He's not at that level. This team isn't at that level, and they still dropped a game. On the road, though, didn't they? No, it was at it was in oh, was Utah. It, was it in Utah? Oh, it was well, then game they've one. answered. Then they've answered. I don't know. Just I don't know. I, I'm I in on they Utah. don't they don't scare me. I'm in on Utah. I think it's hard to win there, despite what the Grizzlies did. Um, I don't know that that team is something with that team, but I do think they're going to run into a super hard matchup in the second round either way. Because like Rudy Gobert is kind of useless against the Clippers because they don't even care about the rim. They don't go there. They don't. They don't pressure the rim at all. So it doesn't matter if Rudy Gobert's out there. I mean, don't tell Paul George that, but because he, he, if you want to talk about trash talk, like he was just saying, like, oh yeah, uh, the Clippers. They, I mean, excuse me, the Mavs. Yeah, they have no rim protectors, so we're just gonna go out there. Like it doesn't matter that they're starting a seven foot three guy. But he's not. Porzingis is not the number no, one. He didn't. He didn't say anything wrong. My number one takeaway from this is Porzingis is, like, not even a good role player anymore. He's not even close to a star. No, he's not he an elite role player. No, he's not a star. He should not be treated as a star. He is, at best, a rotational player who the Mavericks have to treat as a star. They have to put him back out there when guys like Maxi Kleba get in foul. Do you know how sad that is? Maxi, hey, Maxi Kleba is doing his best. Do you know how the Mavs Kawhi? are cooked? How? That guy for two straight years has been the guy they put on Kawhi freaking Leonard. Yeah. Unserious. Hey, to his credit. To Don't his say credit. he does well. I won't say he does well. He's done serviceably. I'm sure. But standing there and getting cooked is serviceable. Then that's what he's done. I mean, it's not worse than what the Clippers are doing against Luke. Kawhi's shooting 62.7% from the field. Is he really? Yes. Uh, Forty-seven point six from three, thirty-three points a game. See that? Okay, you know what? I'm back on board with the Clippers. F the Jazz. Yeah. So Clippers. let's let's wrap this up here. Yeah. Let's say who's who's making the finals now for you. I I already said my pick. I said I'm picking the Clippers to make the finals, which on its face is a bad decision to trust yes, the Clippers. But I, know. I, I know. like. I can't believe Clippers. we're here. I can't believe we're here, especially after all the fraud jokes came out when they were 0-2. But I, I like their wave right now. I, I'm going to say Clippers, too. Here's my caveat. It's 1970. I like their wave right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, here's my caveat. I don't know where wave even came from. I think the winner of any first-round series except Denver-Portland could win the West, credibly. I think it's between <laughs> Lakers, Mavs, and Phoenix. Or sorry, Clippers, Mavs, and then Phoenix Lakers. I lied. That's only true if the Clippers beat the Mavs. If the Mavs win, I don't think they can win the West. So you think the Clippers, Jazz? Actually, I Phoenix, lied again. And like, I don't think the I don't think Memphis could. I assumed okay. I assumed two wins. I think four teams could win the West: Utah, Clippers, Phoenix, Lakers. Okay, there those are the four teams. I think I don't think Memphis or Dallas or Denver or Portland. I think Phoenix and both LA teams could win the West. Yeah, so we just disagree on Utah, which is fine. Yep. It's always good to slander Utah. Yeah, of course. That's my bit right now. Yeah. Uh, I think the Clippers, you, you're picking the Clippers too. Yeah, so based on what we've gone over, the Bucks path, Heat handled that net easily. Four games. Four. Probably will take more than that in the second round. Nets. Maybe one then, more. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Philly. I know I said I think the Hawks would win. I think that's only if Joel is seriously hurt. I do think. No, Philly you have to you have to stick with that time. You All predicted right. the Hawks win the series. Stick with that. Well, at least for this what's episode. What's consensus prediction though? What do you think? I think the Hawks can win that series as well. Wow. Okay. Fine. So Heat, Nets, Hawks, Clippers is would be the path that we think right now. This is gonna look ridiculous in four days. Yeah. It, Hey, that's the nature of the beast, right? That's why we have to do these uh, state of the NBA podcasts every so often because everything changes uh, very, so very quickly, quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly here. It's wild to think before the playoffs, I said the Bucks 
we're going to lose. And they, again, I'm probably just drinking the Kool-Aid here, but this Bucks team looks like they're built different. And I, I haven't made this prediction yet, but or we haven't predicted this yet, but now... Run the table. Run the table. That doesn't they're, mean they're win out. Does that mean win out? Actually, yeah, it does. If that does, then not that. I've okay, seen people say that. That's, the, that's ridiculous. They're not going to run the table, but I think they're going to win the title. I think so, too. I'll feel much better. I'll say it louder if they win the second round, for sure, which is the cowardly oh, take. But yes. <laughs> Well, I, I, I will say. That is the most difficult opponent. But. I don't want to write off. Like, the third and fourth round still will not be easy. It won't be easy the, out of those teams you named, like the Hawks, even the Sixers, we agree on. Uh, Hawks, Sixers, uh, Nets, Clippers. The Nets are the most dangerous team in that. I agree, but I think the Clippers are surprisingly close. They're, sure. We'll see how that series plays out. Like, yeah. I do think they win that series. And like I said, I do think they make the NBA Finals. But we'll see. Like, this team had no credible way of guarding one player on a team where, you know, there's no no one else outside of that one player who can actually do anything, and they still lost both games at home. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Imagine having to guard two players, much less three or well, the, four. Well, the, the, the Clippers versus Nets is like the age-old question of like – no, I shouldn't say age-old, like it's since the 40s or something, but – this NBA team building thing, like, is it worth giving up all your depth for the third star? And I don't think the Clippers are remarkably deeper than the Nets, but I think they have more good players, and I think they're able to play defense better at the very least. So I, I don't, I, I think a finals with those two teams, I think people would roll their eyes because it's the big markets and everything. I think it would be a fascinating series to kind of watch that play out in real time, but um, yeah, I mean, it's the summer of 2019 coming to, you know, rear its head. Yeah, basically, pretty much uh, when the NBA restructured all its power randomly. But, yeah, I think the Bucks win the title, too. Uh, I think they can beat this Brooklyn team, and I think everything after that. Although I am worried about the Wisconsin v. Duke potential of beating the Nets. That's why I won't rest easy until we're at the parade live podcasting. What? What, what did I say? Well, how did I phrase it? What did I say? What, no, what does Wisconsin versus Duke have to do with this? Wisconsin beat the Kentucky team that people said was like they would beat oh, the tanking Sixers. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, it was like a very premature, like, oh, they're going to win the freaking national championship. They beat the Kentucky team. The Kentucky team, a very good analogy for the Nets, by the way. And, and then they, they lose to Jaleel Okafor. freaking Jaleel Okafor's Duke team. Yeah, so – I just I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, but I do think the Bucks are on the right trajectory. And also, Giannis, Drew, and Chris are a whole hell of a lot better, even comparatively, than Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker, and Nigel Hayes, or whoever you want to say the third guy was on that team. And now, don't don't disrespect uh, Port Washington High School's own Josh Gosser. <laughs> My bad. My bad to to Josh Gosser and. Um, I forget who the other shooter was on that team as well, but actually it might have not been totally. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get in the weeds on Wisconsin basketball yeah. talk. So basically you just said let's not count our chickens before they hatch, but Bucks are winning it all. Yes. <laughs> I just – I think they will win it all, but I, I, what I don't want is everyone to agree the second the net series is over, most importantly the Bucks themselves, which I'm less worried about, but I just – I don't assume it's done. If they beat the Nets, there's still a lot of work to be done. For sure. It'll be very, it's very difficult to win an NBA title. That's why, you know. Can confirm. Every, yeah, everyone works so hard. There's only one champ remaining. Out We've of never party. done it. And look how no. accomplished we are in other facets of life. Exactly. So, so maybe one day you'll see the Eurostep winning the NBA title. Don't uh, rule it that out. is the takeaway you should uh, <laughs> uh, glean from this uh, episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Also part of Eurostep Podcast Network. I need to incorporate that into the outro. I, it's it's a learning process. Like you said on the post-game four pod, you need to give me more credit because these outros are difficult. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. I hope people appreciate the work going into this. I For hope people sure. listen this far. Primarily, yeah, please do. But I also hope they appreciate the work that goes into the outro by you, personally. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you. But if you are listening this far, thank you. We do appreciate you. Special shout out to those listening right now. And make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple or wherever you can. Make sure you're checking out all of the content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. Adam and Jordan have some stuff cooking up that they should be releasing soon. We're going to be back soon with a full preview of whoever wins the Boston-Brooklyn series that may already be decided by the time you're listening to this, but it also might not be. Um, I'm going to look like an idiot uh, when this goes out because of how this... Yeah, it's fine, but it's fine. You guys just don't roast us too much. Uh, Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.